Well, they have been out on a bit of a shopping frenzy in China, but we're not seeing the same growth in investment. So how long will it last for? Higher demand, a slower growth in output? Sounds familiar. Could it create the inflation that everyone else is having difficulty containing? And will the RBA raise rates? We'll have a look at yesterday's RBA minutes. And the Bank of England will surely raise rates after yesterday's big increase in employment numbers, although the unemployment rate went up as well. We'll take a look at that. And Canada, inflation still high there too. It's Wednesday, the 19th of April, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, another day when stocks are mixed and undecided, but we've got pretty light trade and a fairly tight trading range as well. Uh, the Dow and the Nasdaq closing only just in the red, the S&P 500 only just in the green. But shares in Europe up 0.6% for the Eurostoxx 50 and the DAX. Bond yields down a little today. Well, three basis points lower for 10-year treasuries, fairly flat for 10-year bonds in Germany. Gilts in the US, UK up six basis points. Aussie 10 years were up 10 basis points yesterday and overnight uh, a few more on top of that to 3.5% on futures uh, back where we were in the middle of March. Of course, then they were heading down. Right now, they, it seems the reverse is the case. Uh, the US dollar heading up yesterday, back down again today, losing a third of 1% on the DXY. The Aussie up a little more than that, up 0.4% to 67.3 US cents. The euro also up 0.4%. The pound ever so slightly more. And oil uh, up today. Well, it was. Uh, WTI was up 0.4% not long ago. Back down into the red now, though. Same for Brent. Maybe China's got a bit to do with it growing for a while. Uh, we'll start on that with NAB's Tapas Strickland in Sydney. Because uh, Tapas, we had a much higher than expected GDP in China, up 4.5% year on year from 2.9% last time. This is for Q1. Uh, and a big jump in retail sales as well. Uh, they've gone shopping, haven't they? Because, well, basically, because they can. Good morning, Phil. Yes, that retail sales number out of China was an absolutely stellar figure and came in at 10.6% year on year versus 7.5% expected for the March month. And there had been a lot of uncertainty about the degree to which the con- Chinese consumer would rebound coming out of COVID, just given they hadn't received much government support compared to uh, other countries right around the world, including the US and and Australia. And it does seem to suggest that at least the Chinese consumer is very willing to go out and shop again. So that's very important Mm. for the outlook. Yeah, but... We had uh, industrial production, uh, the growth there has eased, the same for fixed asset investments. So not a lot of confidence in where the economy is going, it seems. So maybe it's just a bit of a pent-up demand that could perhaps dissipate. It could be a bit of pent-up demand, but I think the underlying story here is there was a lot of uncertainty about the appetite of the Chinese consumer to, to rebound, and they have rebounded. Mm. So I think that's the first um Important point. The second one is, although those industrial production and fixed asset investment figures were slightly uh, lower than expected, but were still relatively strong, um, the Chinese government has signalled some pretty extensive stimulus coming through in the pipeline, particularly in the fixed asset investment side. Um, So I think that combined with that strength coming out of the consumer suggests that the Chinese economy is going to continue uh, recovering out of the pandemic here well, you'd hope, so. You'd hope so wouldn't you because if you had because otherwise if you had people shopping and you didn't have investment happening to help the economy grow i mean that is an inflation story happening there isn't it I, it would be but the indicators we've seen so far on the chinese cpi and the ppi doesn't suggest too much in the way of inflationary pressures and importantly the pmis are also suggesting of little in the way of inflationary pressures and i think maybe one of the key reasons is is the chinese consumer while having a lot of pent-up demand 
don't have a lot of pent-up savings or not to the same extent um, as uh, countries elsewhere did. Um, so that should help insulate them a little bit from the inflation flows. And the other side of it is um, China is also benefiting from the aspect of the rest of the world having recovered from COVID, although supply chains in other countries having recovered to, to some extent as, as well. Mm. Property investment still a problem, though, isn't it? Down 5.8% uh, year on year in Q1. Uh, yes, so the property sector, I think, will continue to be a challenge there. But again, I think Chinese policy officials are very focused on that sector. So uh, is that good news or bad news for Australia? I guess it's it, it's fairly positive. If they're doing well, when then we tend to do well. Uh, it definitely was positive and was one of the reasons why you did see strength in the Aussie during the APAC session yesterday and also why you have seen uh, base commodities lift um uh, quite aggressively, you'd have to say, in the overnight session. So when you look at aluminium, it's up 2.2%, copper's up 0.6%, nickel's up 3.7%, and zinc is up 1.1%. Yeah, and yet oil uh, retreated a little bit, didn't it, as the session went up. But look, we've seen this big move up in, so, you know, not not a lot of movement in, in, in bond yields generally, but Aussie bond yields moving up more than most. Uh, uh, obviously, they have been much higher, up over 3.6% by the end of February, but they are heading back up again. So how much has the RBA minutes yesterday got to do with this? Because, I mean, basically, it seemed to be implying, you know, you, you can hold. I mean, Dave was saying yesterday, it seemed unlikely that they'd pause just for one meeting. But maybe they will, because basically they're saying the pause was time to gather more information. So uh, it's anyone's guess what they do next. Oh, definitely. Just in regards to the moving yields, a lot of it was due to what happened in the, uh, in the US session on Monday when you did see mm. um, that 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 lift in yields there. Uh, but in terms of the RBA minutes themselves, it uh, really did hint quite strongly that the uh, RBA May meeting is live and that uh, if they paused for one month, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going on an extended pause. And there was one bit in the concluding bit of the minutes that is just worth uh, noting there is that they just wanted to reinforce that um, they were going to be contemplating um, whether policy needed to be tighter in the uh, May meeting and obviously the Q1 CPI data is the most important to that. Um, the RBA has been taking a slightly different path to other central banks trying to maintain a lot of the gains that we have seen during the pandemic in the labour market and really pushing on the full flexibility of the inflation target. So um, aiming to get inflation to 3% by mid-2025, where the inflation target in Australia is actually uh, between 2 and 3% on, on average. So really using up that full um, flexibility. Uh, and then within the minutes, it said um, that that full flexibility is almost coming to an end. It said... Um, it would be inconsistent with the board's mandate for it to tolerate a slower return to target than what was contained than what was contained in the February SOMP forecast. So if you've got inflation um, pretty much in line with the SOMP forecast or a little bit higher, then I think that does suggest the RBA has to continue its its hike cycle. So the very real risk is that the RBA does does go in May. Um, at the moment, markets aren't pricing too much in the way of that, only about six basis points worth of tightening price. And I think that's because of the big uncertainty uh, coming next, with, next week with Q1 CPI. But when you look further out in the horizon, when you look at the August policy meeting, I think it's about 17 to 19 basis points priced into the curve by that right, and the SOMP forecast is the statement on uh, monetary policy for those people wondering. I, I know you don't want to waste too many words, Tapas. I know, I know how it is. Oh, uh, I've, so let's... I've, I've been told I speak very fast, so the more acronyms I can use. 
Probably better. <laughs> you're gonna, yeah, you're going to talk fast and shorten the words from now on as well. <laughs> uh, so let's look at let's look at what's happening in the United States then. So uh, I mean, there's been a lot of focus on uh, earnings, particularly bank earnings, and uh, you know maybe we don't have anything to worry about with big banks because Bank of America got through the turmoil relatively stress free. It seems earnings up 15, percent so they're doing okay, even though they had a you know big stockpile of bonds that have obviously been losing value over over recent months. Uh, so oh yeah, I guess others are going to go through the same path. Uh, we get Netflix earnings tonight, uh, and uh, but you know maybe actually we should be looking elsewhere, like uh, like, like transport firms, for example. Oh, definitely. And just on those bank earnings, I think there's just two key uh, things to note there is there's been no real evidence of any credit deterioration. Um, so I think that's mm. quite, quite important. So uh, the US economy isn't or hasn't rolled over in the past couple of months. Um, and the second one is um, it's clear that the US banking system isn't necessarily in a banking crisis. Um, it does seem to suggest all the support measures the Fed unveiled um, back in uh, March, April did help alleviate a lot of the stresses there. Um, but then the implication for the economy is, is to what extent, um, although you haven't had a banking crisis, to what extent does what has occurred start tightening up on those lending standards and lending conditions? And that's the key thing that uh, markets will be looking out for in the next couple of months. So the next um, Fed loan officer survey comes out in May, and I think a lot of people will be looking quite closely at that. Um, in terms of other bits of the earnings season that I think have been really interesting, uh, JB Hunt Transport, which is the fourth largest transport firm in the US, reported after the close on Monday, and they noted that their average load per trailer for independent contractors, which is their vast majority of how to ship, were down 24% year on year. So that does suggest there has been a material slowing in the good side of the US economy, which may be being picked up in the US um, manufacturing ISM. And I think the CEO of JB Hunt really put it quite simply, just saying, simply stated, we're in a freight recession. So in some sectors of the US economy, things aren't doing very well. And it's still unclear exactly to what extent that very sharp fall in in um, average low trailers uh, does portend a slowing in the rest of the economy. But we expect a bit of a, I mean, we saw an increase in goods demand, though, didn't we? Uh, so, I mean, we expect it to come back a bit, but 20, 25% year on year sounds like, or 24%. Sounds like quite a lot, doesn't it? It does, and, and I think that has some relevance to Australia in the sense there's this assertion by the RBA that um, Australia can maintain the gains that we have seen during the pandemic. We can have that elevated level of retail sales and still get inflation down. Um, I guess what's going on in the US does suggest, well, maybe you can't sustain that elevated level of retail sales and maybe it does come down and perhaps comes down quite sharply if freight rates are any indication. Well, uh, so Bullard, the Fed's Bullard, was saying uh, overnight that, you know, all this talk of recession, I mean, because that seems to suggest, you know, a real downturn in the in the economy. But he's saying, well, all this talk of recession is misplaced. Maybe he didn't see those numbers uh, because, you know, his point, there's so many people with jobs. Uh, but, you know, he's seeing many more rises coming going forwards, maybe three so maybe you'll see to those jobs and <laughs> create that recession. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's definitely the divergence between the manufacturing and the goods side of the economy and the services side. So while we're talking about the goods side and um, the freight side is showing signs of pretty extensive weakness, on the services side, still very resilient. The labour markets are very tight, both mm. in the US and Australia. And we'll talk about the UK in a second. So um, that would suggest those kind of recession risks um, probably being pushed out a little bit further. And when you look at Fed funds pricing, that's what's 
broadly occurred over the past couple of weeks. So when you look at uh, the pricing of rate cuts in the second half of this year, uh, there's only about 50 basis points worth of cuts now priced in the second half of this year. Um, and markets are still pricing in a very good chance of the Fed hiking rates again in May, around an 86% chance. Yeah. Just before we go on earnings, we, we do get Netflix. In fact, if I, if I can squeeze it in at the end of this podcast, if it comes out before we publish, I will. I just heard, I just read that they are winding down their DVD rental business. Can you believe they're going to do this in September? Can you believe for all the money they're making uh, from renting uh, videos out online or serving them online, they still post them like they did 25 years ago. They still post them out as DVDs, you know, and people are going back to the post office to return them back. They've still still got that side of the business going, but it finishes in September. I was amazed to see that was still the case. Anyway, let's talk about UK employment. Um, there's going to be less need for postal workers uh, if we're not sending DVDs around. Um, but, uh, yeah, the employment numbers in the UK, uh, the growth in January, 169,000 more people employed. It was expected to increase only by 50,000. But there was also an increase in claimants and the unemployment rate has ticked up uh, to 3.8%. So obviously there is a lot more people looking for work, registering for work. And the, the other important uh, figure there was um, average weekly earnings uh, came in very, very hot. So excluding bonuses came in at 5.9% year on year versus 5.1% expected. And there were some pretty uh, substantial upward revisions in the history there. So no signs that uh, perhaps some of the signs of cooling in the labour market they had seen from advertising is actually leading to a, a material easing up in labour market pressures there. And Governor Bailey had been expecting both pay growth and inflation to cool. So for monetary policy, this probably suggests that the BOE needs to do a little bit more. When you look at market pricing, uh, markets now pricing a 90% chance of a 25 basis point hike in May, and that's up from 79% chance on Monday. And uh, when you look at um, the peak of uh, BOE pricing, that's now lifted up to 4.78% from 4.69% yesterday. Well, I mean, with the, the other element of that is the CPI number, isn't it, which, uh, which we'll find out uh, tonight to see what that is for the UK. But uh, in Europe, though, it's a very different story. So we saw bond yields, you know, not moving too much in Europe, but uh, going up quite a bit in the UK, because the news was the other way around in Europe, wasn't it? The uh, economic sentiment's fallen, particularly for Germany, much lower than expected in the uh, the zoo survey. Oh, yes, and I, th- I guess the surprise was the PMIs didn't show too much of an impact from the banking ructions that we did see in Europe, uh, particularly around uh, Credit Suisse and um, the uncertainty around Deutsche Bank that had emerged, um, say, at the beginning of, of the year. Um, and it looks like the German zoo survey is, is picking up that. So the um, zoo expectation did moderate to 4.1 versus 15.6% e- expected. And the key uncertainty really is, both in Europe and in the US, is to what extent are credit and banking conditions tightening up and to what extent does that slow down economic activity on top of um, the kind of increase in rates that we have seen over the past year. And Canada's inflation, um, it's not going down yet, even though, you know, very high rates from the Bank of Canada. I know they paused. They'd be pausing hoping to see things come down, but not yet. I think in the uh, three-month annualised, it's coming down re- relatively fast, but um, the trim mean did hold at that kind of 4.4% year-on-year. Uh, Bank of Canada Governor Tim Macklin was telling lawmakers on Tuesday that interest rates may need to go higher than the current 4.5% to bring inflation back to target. But when you look at market pricing, uh, the curve is pretty flat in, in Canada. All right. So uh, quiet again today, isn't it? Well, US uh, UK CPI this afternoon... 
uh, the Fed's beige book out uh, just before the podcast tomorrow morning, so perhaps get a bit more colour uh, on the US economy. Anything else we should be looking at? For uh, yeah, and the earnings season continues to roll on, and you get yep. Morgan mm. Stanley reporting IBM and Tesla as well. Um, so I think IBM and Tesla is going to be looked at quite closely, as well as um, Netflix earnings up after the close today as well. Well, it has closed. Of course, I can tell you that Netflix added 1.75 million new customers in Q1, which is short on expectations. There was expectations of 2.4 million, which I think is what they did this time last year, wasn't it? Uh, they're downgrading their sales and profit for this quarter as well. Shares fell uh, 12%, or they have so far in after hours. Uh, still, you know, it, it is upwards, and they don't have to post stuff anymore as well. That's the good news. Anyway, we'll leave it there for now. Good to talk. Tapas, we'll catch you again next time. Cheers. I think so. And that's the morning call for this Wednesday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Have a great day.